0: Welcome back to Res Ball. Today we're going to do our very first individual player scouting report on Mike Sharifchams out of Dayton. Somebody I really liked. Somebody I considered for the Matt Penny special. Didn't think he was going to play. And then what do you know? He made his debut just a few nights ago. And we're going to dive into Mike Sharifchams' tape and his background. Let's get started. Before we get started, I'd like to say thank you so much to every single one of you who have listened to our episodes, streamed across Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, our radio, all of these different platforms. Please share, please comment, interact with us here at ResBall. It's the only way we can improve the show. We definitely want to hear from you positive or negative to figure out how to reach you better and get the content that you would like to see. Again, uh, thank you so much for listening. Sharif Jams Inihjad, a.k.a. Mike Shadif Jams, a.k.a. Mongolian Mike, is a forward slash guard out of Dayton. Dayton lists him at six foot eight and 180 pounds. of Jams is the first Mongolian citizen to earn a Division I scholarship. Let's get into some background. Where did this guy come from? Some surprising family stuff, and then we will break down his game. Sharif Jams was born in a Michael Sharif Jams. He is Mongolian. Michael's his middle name. That's why Mike Sharif Jams easier for the American to be able to say, but definitely learn how to say his last name, Sharif Jams. He is the son of Sharif Jams saran jankar who was the very first asian harlem globetrotter which will be important to come back to when we analyze his game so he comes from quite the basketball family he uh, had a little bit of a journey in his high school career he began his career at legacy christian in ohio it's near dayton then as a sophomore he went to um, prolific prep in napa california COVID hit, he returned to Mongolia for his junior season, and then for his senior year, he went to the International Sports Academy in Willoughby, Ohio, where he averaged 10.2 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 3.6 assists in 24 games, and was 44 of 86 from three-point range, which, oh, by the way, is 51 So that's just to give you some background on where he was. And yes, he was actually ranked. He's the number 90 RSCI Recruiting Services Consensus Index, number 90 prospect on that board. And that's actually higher than one of my guys here at the University of Arizona, Henri Vesar, who is an Estonian seven footer, can block shots, can shoot some. And the apple of many a draft expert's eye who some people are projecting to be a first-round pick, Tyrese Proctor from Duke, point guard, Australian guy who really knows how to pass the ball and profiles similar to somebody like Dyson Daniels. So that's to give you an idea that, yeah, he's numbered 90, but that doesn't mean that he's lesser ranked because he is around these guys. Uh, Vesar has been profiled by Rafael Barlow. Been on the radar from NBA Scouts for a while and Proctor as well as somebody who a lot of people think will be one and done in the first round at the end of the first round. As I stated in the beginning of this podcast, I did consider Shout of Chums for the Matt Penny special. If you don't know what the Matt Penny special is, go back and listen to episode number one where I talk about that, named after former co-host of the Game Theory podcast, Matt Penny. Shout out Matt Penny if you're listening to this. Hope you're doing well. This was somebody who was able to identify Josh Primo and Josh Minot in the preseason as freshmen who probably are out of the starting lineup, but still have skills and still have things that they will flash that consider them to be a one and done. I picked Philip Borovichinen, University of Arizona forward slash wing. And Mike Schadoff-Jones was somebody that was right there neck and neck with him. But to be honest, I did not think he would get many minutes because this Dayton team seemed like it already had their rotation set. Not only did they return their usual, usual starting five of Malachi Smith, Kobe Elvis, R.J. Blakeney, Tumani Kamara, and Deron Holmes, but they also returned Kobe Bria who played the 6th-most minutes on this team, and Mustafa Amzil, who played the 7th-most minutes on this team. So it would seem that it'd be hard for a freshman to fit into that. It's why I was like, "Ah, I don't think I can really consider Sharif Jams for the Matt Penny special because I think this is somebody that's just going to have to wait. Dayton is trying to win the A-10. They want to make major noise in the NCAA tournament. And going back to the minutes distribution from this past season... Again, Mustafa Amzil, seventh most minutes on the team. He's at 19.8 per game. Elijah Weaver, after that, who I believe graduated, was eighth, and he had 19.5 per game. After that, there's a severe drop off of the next closest guy. After that, in the ninth, most minutes was nine minutes per game. So we're looking at eight. Does Dayton really want to have a freshman in there to get minutes on a team that wants to win its division, that wants to make major noise into the NCAA tournament. And Bo, by the way, does not normally see freshmen one and duns like other programs that know how to handle this. So that went into my factoring of like, maybe Sharif Jobs is going to wait a year. But lo and behold, unfortunately, injuries have already crept into Dayton's season. Malachi Smith and Kobe Bria are both out indefinitely right now. Unfortunately, if you go to watchstadium.com, Look at the injury reports there. Malachi Smith is listed with a leg injury, and Kobe Bria listed with a ankle injury, and it says they're both in, out indefinitely. So who knows how long they will be out? But Sharif Choms did start Monday night and made a good impression, in my opinion. So Monday night, November seventh against Lindenwood. Sharif Jam started. He played 29 minutes, which was second most on the team. Sharif Jam scored 10 points, dished out five assists, had three rebounds, was 42.9% from the entire field, one of three from two-point range, and then two of four from three-point distance, and two of two from the free-throw line. He led the team in assists, tied with Kobe Elvis with those five assists, but more impressive to me is that he had zero turnovers. Sharif Shams did not turn the ball over. He was the only starter not to turn the ball over, which is a great first impression. In addition, Sharif Shams is able to space the floor. He tied with R.J. Blakeney for the most three-point attempts in that game. With four, R.J. Blakeney only hit one, whereas Sharif Shams hit two. So that, I think, is going to be the thing that will separate him and get him more minutes if they are gonna keep him in the lineup, is the ability to stretch the floor two for two from the free throw line as well. So let's think about his scouting profile. I just wanted to give you guys an idea of how Sharif Joms started the season. Being the son of the very first Asian Harlem Globe trotter, his dad was nicknamed the Shark. So if you want to put that nickname to Mike Sharif Joms, Think again, Sharif Jam Saranjankar is his dad. Go look him up, follow him on Twitter. He's out there. There's a couple videos. This definitely is somebody to me that profiles as somebody who learned under a Harlem Globetrotter because he has some amazing passes. Go watch the game I just highlighted. There are two in particular, no look, just out of nowhere. They are amazing, like Lomelo ball type passes. And this is the thing that gets me the most excited with Sharif Choms is his ability to pass and pass like a Lomelo type of player, type of point guard. He will always put some sauce on things. He will always be able to make some kind of pass that you do not see coming, and they're on target, on time. You just cannot see too many that he throws that are wild, that you're like, what in the world are you doing? Couple this with a good handle. I think him staying at Sharif Jam staying as shooting guard would be the best. We might have some concerns athletically. Six-foot-eight, 180, you're going to have strength concerns, obviously, But this is somebody, if you dig back further in the profile, too, knows how to handle the rock and has that Harlem Globetrotter-like passing. Sharif Jums was the team captain in FIBA 3x3 competition at the under-18s in 2019. Where, by the way, he scored 37 points, which was tied for 8th most at that tournament. There's also film out there. You can search it up on YouTube where you see Sharif Shams Mongolian squad go up against Team USA. The Team USA squad Sharif Shams went up against was composed of Namari Burnett, who's now at Alabama. Dawson Garcia, who helped UNC go on their title run this past season now at Minnesota. And Devin Eskew started at Kentucky, went to Texas, and now is on California. So these are guys who are all 35, top 35 recruits too as well. So here's some tape to show him against top-level guys who are now in college as well. And when you look at that FIBA three-by-three tape, yes, they struggle. Definitely, Sharif Joms struggles with physicality there, but you still see the handle. They cannot really pick his pocket, and he flashes an amazing shot from deep. You see the form, you see him being able to pull up from three. That's one of the main things for me that I really like with Sharif Joms, along with the passing, is his three-point shot shot of has a very high release point and the ball comes out of there at the top of his arch at six foot eight 180 pounds again six foot eight especially those long limbs and as a guard that's a great mismatch mismatch advantage and also it seems that he's able to do it off the catch and off the dribble he one of his misses on monday night was off the dribble but it's what you want somebody who's a good shooter to do coming up from transition, gets the ball, steps into it, puts it up, and the mechanics look the same, almost the same up top as when he is shooting it off the catch. Off the catch, I think his footwork has to get a little bit quicker, but gets his feet set under him as well and is able to put it up. And it looks the same every single time. That's one of the things for me, if you're a good shooter, you should be able to repeat these mechanics again and again, even if it's the beginning of the game late in the game no matter what again sharp jump played 29 minutes second most on this team so he was out there quite a bit and the mechanics look similar every single time no matter when it is but the reason I'm like I think this might turn and why I wanted to do a breakdown of him is his ability to feed his big man Sure, maybe when Kobe Bria gets back, Sharf Joms gets pushed down the lineup. Sure, maybe when Malachi Smith comes back, Sharf Joms is no longer in the starting lineup. But the way that Sharf Joms was able to consistently look for the big men, and especially in transition, both Tamani Kamara and Deron Holmes love to get out and run in transition, that is going to be a big difference maker as long as Sharif Jobs gets minutes and does this and has low turnovers, five assists, zero turnovers. There were two, especially in transition, one to Duran Holmes where he was just kind of driving and hit him with this bounce pass nobody saw coming. And another no-looker before that to, to Monty Kamara that just got him wide open. This seems to be the kind of passer to the big men in particular that like to run that they would go to their coach and be like, yo, man, we can't take this guy out. He's giving me such great looks and it is so much fun to play with him. We got to find a minutes." And Sharif Joms even seemed to get Mustafa Amzil, who's the backup center involved later in the game. He's trying to get him some dump-off passes. Doesn't quite have the same chemistry there yet, but got him some shots that he was able to, Amzil, excuse me, was able to finish very easily. And that chemistry that Sharif Joms already seems to have, especially with Kamara and Holmes, is a big deal. Again, this is a freshman you would think he'd still have a feeling-out process, but he's hitting them right on the money. He knows where they want to run. Kamara, particularly there, are a couple times he hit Kamara in the corner. Kamara, Kamara misses. Three pointer again, that no looker. There are a bunch of times where it's like, man, Sharf job already knows where these guys like to operate, where they are. Somebody who's put in a lot of time in film and a lot of time with his teammates. It's just hard for me now to be like, yeah, it, I don't know why they would want to keep Sharf Joms out of the lineup. As I have already said a little bit, size is the number one concern for me with Mike foot 6'8", 180, if you see the film. Skinny skinny player, and Lindenwood isn't exactly the best competition, and they don't have size. The biggest guy that really played regular minutes was 6'7". Two guys on that team are six foot seven that they played on Monday night. One guy is six foot nine, uh, only got 11 minutes though. Everybody else that played minutes on that Lindenwood team six foot two, two other guards, and then five foot 11 Kevin Caldwell Jr. They're their point guard. Chris Childs was their leading scorer, six foot two. So Sharp Chomsky is not exactly facing the top level competition to start off so maybe factor that in there and then again size he has size concerns and then this lindenwood team isn't challenging him in that regard however on this dayton team that's probably not an issue as long as kamara and holmes stay healthy and Amzil as well tamani kamara and deron holmes are going to start they're leading the charge for the team Umani Kamara is six foot eight 220 pounds going to be the power forward Duran Holmes is six foot 10, 220 pounds is the center the engine that drives everything else and then they have RJ Blakeney who's six foot six and 195 pounds. Kobe Bria is six foot six 174 pounds he's on the smaller end and then Kobe Elvis six foot two 170 and Malachi Smith is six foot and 170 pounds. So Sharif Joms fills in that small forward role that in college basketball, I'm not sure there's many teams that are going to be able to throw a small forward out there that's going to really push him around or give him bits there. I think being able to move over to the two at times, maybe R.J. Blakeney plays more of the three spot and Sharif Joms can use that size advantage At the two-guard spot, six-foot-eight to be able to shoot over people. And he has the ball-handling skills, for sure, to be able to hold down the two. So I think that will be a concern. But Dayton's personnel, even with the people they have healthy right now, uh, Blake Kumara, Kamara, Holmes, Amzil, they are able to not hide Sharif Jones, but to be able to move him around and find the perfect spot for him in that lineup to continue to be floor spacer get those big men some easy passes and handle the ball and make life so much more fun to watch this Dayton team make basketball so much more enjoyable for everybody on that Dayton roster the thing that did manifest in this Lindenwood game that is concerning is Sharif Jumps had four fouls seems to be pretty handsy as a defender already maybe for making up for the lack of size. But Kamara had four fouls as well, and I think this is more of an aggression thing. And to me, this is not as big of an issue because I want my defenders to be aggressive like that, to get up in people and not be able to put hands on them. Yes! Yes! you're eventually going to have to learn to keep those hands up or keep those hands out to get in passing lanes rather than trying to engage on the player. But for somebody that is that skinny, I like that he's able to mix it up there, get hands on people and not afraid to be physical on defense, which that would be more concerning to me at that size if he just didn't want to Touch people and was like, yo, I'm not about to put my hands on anybody or I'm not about to put my body on anybody. That is clearly not the case. Did post up once in that game too. So he shows, yeah, I'm not afraid to mix it up and get physical. And I'm not going to let my size really dictate that. The athletic limitations also show up. He had, Sharif Joms had two great cuts just sitting in the corner, getting to the basket wide open but missed both dunk attempts or layup attempts could not really get up as high as you would like the second one it seemed that he got his hands on it and just didn't complete the dunk the first one tried like a reverse dunk in midair going for the flash maybe this goes back to you know putting out some of his dad's harlem globetrotter sauce so Maybe just stick to simple things, get the ball, lay it up there. But, yeah, the athletic limitations show up there because those are both awesome cuts and smart basketball plays for an off-ball player to get easy points. But you got to be able to finish it. If he's not able to get up there and pull down the alley-oop, the lob that was thrown to him, yeah, that's going to be An issue. But maybe you know alley oops aren't his thing. I don't anticipate that being something, but you can definitely see there, yeah, this isn't somebody who's that big of a leaper and that explosive. So to sum it all up, I'm gonna give you some names. These are not NBA comparisons yet. I would like to have a full season. Before I really give a one-to-one comparison, these are just aspects of Mike Sharfsham's game that I really like, that they remind me of these prospects. But again, I'm not saying that Sharfsham's is going to be 100% these players, but has aspects of these two players' games that I see whenever I look at him on tape, whether it was in high school, whether it was in the FIBA stuff, and now... At Dayton and stuff in the profile. Yeah, he reminds me, number one, of Bones Highland. Maybe this could be like a six foot eight Bones Highland, where you just see him being able to shoot, being able to have that handle to get separation a lot of times. Bones wasn't much of a passer. And if you're thinking, really, Bones Highland, the, doesn't they seem like two different players? Well, they're both guards. And as a freshman, Bones only scored nine points per game. He only started nine games out of 31, too. He was mainly a – Bones was mainly a bench player at VCU. Didn't really get to the line either. Only .8 per game. Didn't really pass. 1.8, which I think Charles Johns is better. His main thing was, as a shooter, 4.7 per game, 43.4%. The next year as a sophomore was when they really turned the offense over to him. Still didn't become much of a passer and a creator as the assist numbers that second year for Bones went to 2.1 per game versus 3.1. But again, maybe this is just the role for Bones was able to be the scorer, not so much the playmaker. That's when he really separated himself, put up 14.2 shots per game, took 186 threes that season and shot 37.1%, got to the free throw line 109 times, 86.2%. I think that Sharif Shams could be that kind of ball handler and shot creator. Maybe not to the level that Bones is, but I think he does have the handle and jump shot combination to where, yeah, you could probably see him get that off at any time. And oh, by the way, he also has this passing ability that reminds me a lot of white chocolate jason williams j j will for anybody that doesn't remember jason williams he's in my personal like if i just had a personal top five of guys i would love to see play together or just love to see game of every single day of my life white chocolate jason williams is definitely up there and yes, this is a fantastic passer. I do see Sharif Jobs have some of that, like a sprinkling of it. I'm not saying he's 100% white chocolate. White chocolate is one of the best passers ever to play basketball. But go watch that Lindenwood tape again, and you will see shades of J. Will the way that Sharf Jobs anticipates where guys are going to be. The chemistry he already has with his big men that's definitely a white chocolate J. Will type of thing that was his thing he always said I want to be able to get guys shots I care more about getting my big men in particular this is a player that Shaquille O'Neal famously said to Pat Riley when he was on the heat you need to trade for this guy I want to play with him and hey what do you know they ended up winning a title together I can definitely see shades of both Bones Highland with that handle and the jump shot being a floor spacer to be able to get that off just about anywhere. And Jay Will White Chocolate with the passing ability, the no-lookers, the sometimes Harlem Globetrotter-like passes. And right now, low turnovers. We will see if that continues. I see shades of Bones and White Chocolate in Sharif Joms' game. And both White Chocolate and Bones are supplementary players. They're not all-star type players. We'll, we'll see with Bones. Bones has a long career in front of him. Hopefully... White Chocolate was always a fantastic point guard that was able to play with anybody, occasional shooter, but even he will admit scoring wasn't what he wanted to do and it wasn't what he was asked to do. So he was never relied upon to be a primary option, but instead able to get as many easy shots as possible, occasionally knock down a three bones is the microwave scorer a la vinnie johnson it would seem so far the two-point percentage currently is terrible at two point or 28.9 percent just eight games into this 2022 2023 season but 51.1 three-point shooter That's what Bones' main job is, is just space the floor and hit those threes. I could see Sharif Joms being somewhere in between that of this guard that will be able to feed your big men and get as many easy shots as possible. And oh, by the way, is taller than Bones, so being able to affect a shot is a lot harder, but able to continue to put up. A lot of threes and knock them down at a very high rate. And has the handle to boot so he'll be able to shake free to be able to create some on his own, but he's not gonna be the primary guy. And both white chocolate and bones have defensive limitations white chocolate it wasn't that much that it stopped the miami heat from being able to win a title with him leading the charge at point guard and bones is yet to see if that's really been a deterrent he's still coming off the bench so that would be why again i think sharp jobs reminds me of bones bones is 6'3 170 that was one of the knocks coming out of him is he nicknamed bones for a reason skinny guy just looks like a bag of bones out there but the shiftiness and his ability to jump passing lanes is a big deal to me. is one of the things I really like about him because he wasn't just gambling for steals. He was able to anticipate. You could see he studied film and know like, oh, this is when this guy likes to pass. This is when this guy likes to throw the ball. And Jones, game one indicator of being physical and being aggressive has something like that. I don't think he's going to jump passing lanes the same way Bones is. But he's not going to back down from a challenge. And I do not believe it's going to be that big of a defensive deficiency. We will see about the physicality aspect of it. But I am in love with Mike sharif Joms from Dayton, number 55. Keep an eye on him and Dayton as they continue to push forward. Hopefully they will continue to get national exposure. I know the draft community loves Deron Holmes. A lot of people like Tamani Kamara. Mike sharif Joms, my guy, continue to thrive. Keep throwing that sauce out there, man. Again, thank you so much for listening to Res Ball. I hope you enjoyed our first ever individual prospect breakdown on Mike Scharf-Joms. Go check him out. Go look up that Lindenwood film once again. I'll put links in the description to things about his dad, the shark. Uh, there, I'm not alone in the Scharf-Joms love as well. There is a story on SI.com. It's under Fan Nation. From Ignacio Rosoto, shout out entitled How Can Dayton Flyers prospects, Prospect Mike Sharif Joms Make the NBA Leap? Profiling Sharif Joms. We will also put that in the description, as well as a Vault SI article about Sharif Joms' dad. So go check those things out. Definitely look up Ignacio Rosoto. And shout out to anybody out there that is gonna support my guy, Mike Sharif Joms. We will hear Res Ball be profiling the top returners in NCAA college basketball as the season. Has started we will also be looking into our big board thinking about who's going to go on the first round and as I said before perhaps 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 this first round will not have a single NCAA returner and it should all be freshmen something to consider going forward as well as the race for the number three overall pick I know we talked about the Thompson twins Amen for sure is in that number three race probably leading the way right now but I want to look at a a couple different guys round nine, I think, have a legitimate shot to be in the number three overall pick consideration. And I want to end by saying, please support Detroit Bad Boys, where I'm a contributor. Shout out to Sean, Laz, Jack Kelly, David Fernandez, coming back, Ben Golker. Uh, If anybody I'm forgetting there, I apologize. Shout out to Scott from DBB, who is always my draft sounding board as well. And also please uh, support Woodward Pistons, Brandon Dent, a.k.a kool Sean Murphy, a.k.a. From Half Court Sean. Go support the pod from Half Court. Support DetroitBadBoys.com podcast and Motor City Hoops, a.k.a. Bryce Simon's podcast that he does with Omar Sankova, the Pistons Pulse. Definitely check out all of those guys. A lot of great Pistons content and also a lot of great draft heads in there. I know Jack Kelly and I chop it up every now and then Again, Scott. Chomps it up. Laz is always trying to keep up with the draft stuff. Further on down the line, I mean, Piston fans right now, we're all going to look at the draft stuff, right? It is what it is. Hashtag fail for Victor. Hashtag scat for scoot. So thank you so much for listening. Go support Woodward Pistons, Detroit Bad Boys. Hagone.